Time now for Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. An informative but laid-back approach to sports medicine on 1010XL. Yeah. Now, let's break some bones. Breaking Bones, we wake up early on a Sunday morning no matter what it takes. Late night last night, that's what you all are thinking. Well, we were smart. We decided to record this show in advance because we knew we were going to be partying last night. Welcome in. It's Breaking Bones. Joe C., along with Dr. George Bari. He of Bari Orthopedics. And if you have sports injuries, we always invite you to our Breaking Bones party. You can hit the text line, Designed by Lifetime Enclosures, at 641-1010. And, Doc, I just need to say hello to you. We, we, yes. we, we had New Year's Day where we did a show. Which we made it. We made it. We didn't party too hard for that one. Uh, but this one, we we knew we might right. be part of. I just want hard. to tell the people, I was pushing for a live show Saturday. And Joe said he was either going to be, uh, he was going to be unable to wake up in the morning, either due to our win, yeah, or due to the loss. Either one, you know, because <laughs> he wasn't going to be able to wake up. Yeah, if anybody knows anything about Joe C, I celebrate and commiserate the same way. Okay, I do the exact same thing. All right, so listen, we are we pre-recorded this, and the biggest news of the week was DeMar Hamlin and the injury in the Monday night game uh, between Cincinnati and Buffalo. So we thought it very important, since we are a medically-based show, uh, to talk about it. So, Doc, set this up for us so we can at least educate the people a little bit more. So the injury, as we all saw and seen, and hopefully by now we have great news, but to talk about the injury, he made a tackle, he got hit in the chest, and then fell, right? And then got back up, Mm -hmm. and then that's when he went down. I, I saw replays of it. You can search. And a lot of people have taken it down, but you can find right. the replays. I was unable to see the medical treatment. I'm, you know, I don't know if the TV is probably cut away from it, so you probably yeah. can't find it. But it looks like he had what we call commotio cordis from the hit. And actually, what we did today is we have a, a guest with us, uh, Dr. Travis Smith. He's an emergency room physician here locally. He works at Flagler and at St. Vincent Hospitals. Um, he's, he's a good friend of mine. He's also going to be the first dean of the first medical school that we're getting here in Jacksonville. Nice. The Lecom School of Medicine uh, that's going to be based out of Jacksonville University. So that's exciting, uh, at least for here in the medical community and for the town to get our first medical school. But if I get Travis uh, as an ER doctor to come on and, and talk about it, I thought it would provide some valuable insight from an ER perspective um, on, on how to treat this. So, Travis, uh, if you want to take us through, Welcome through into the show, first yeah. off, Travis. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, appreciate it, Dr. Bari. And you know, I tell you, first off, I've listened to your show many times, and the orthopedic stuff you give is not only um, good for you know the general the general layperson, but it's also good for me to hear too. So uh, you do a great show. Well, thank man. you. So keep what, it up. what about what about the radio, Dr. Travis? Because I think from time to time I'm pretty outstanding too. Listen, listen, your your radio voice is just perfect. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's soothing to the ears. Not everyone has a good radio voice like like that. So, you know, both you guys do a great job. All right, so um, exp- but, explain as best you can. So you know, when I was watching when I was watching this, the first thing I thought was like, did he have a concussion? You know, because it's been a huge thing. Like you know, uh, Tua has had all those injuries. You know, you get hit, you go down. But afterwards, and I'm sure there was confusion when when the medical personnel ran up to him. You know, probably looking, I'm like, hey, you know, wake up, move, do something. Um, and I don't know how much time it took for them to realize that this, that he didn't have a pulse, but thankfully the, the window likely was short and they did CPR on him early. Uh, just like Dr. Barr said, not sure how long it took them to actually figure out that he didn't have a pulse, but you know, 
what he mentioned was commotio cordis. That's the first thing I thought of um, when I saw that injury because it's something that we always like look at the emergency medicine, the trauma people. Um, you know, it's a it's very rare. I mean, there's like less than 30 cases reported each year. Kind of if you if you look at the stats, um, you know, from the injury and basically to explain what happened. So you get contact to the chest during this specific time during the heartbeat. It only represents about one percent of your heartbeat. This repolarization part. So if any kind of contact to the ch anterior chest wall on the upstroke of this T wave, that is the repolarization of the heart, that will cause you to go into uh, ventricular fibrillation. Uh, if that happens at any other time during the heartbeat or during the, uh, the, the, the heart cycle, that can cause other little things like bundle branch blocks, things like that, that likely wouldn't result in him collapsing. So one, it's rare. Um, you know, the difference, I would say, and this is just conjecture, I don't know his medical history. I'm presuming that he has, otherwise, he's a healthy guy. I'm sure they've done EKGs. Uh, I know, Dr. Barry, when you do surgeries on people, you know, you get, uh, a lot of times, they'll get EKGs to make sure they don't have any conduction, right. def uh, conduction abnormalities, um, you know, something that would put you at risk for uh, some electrolyte disturbance. You know, when those guys are playing, their heart rates are fast. Uh, and, you know, our bodies sometimes are imperfect. So if there's any type of, you know, imperfection, a channelopathy, you can get an arrhythmia and that can, you know, cause your heart to stop. Um, but, you know, the good thing about this is the the recovery is over 50% um, from a commotio cordis versus a traditional out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. Their survival rate is about 10%. Well, so, uh, like... Go, go ahead. No, so I was just adding to that. What I had read was that actually people that get this and, you know, God willing to survive can actually go back and play. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and, 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 and similar, there's other injuries like this, you know, not necessarily commotio cordis, but, you know, the other, the recent one I think is the Christian Eriksen, the footballer, mm -hmm. uh, played for Denmark. You know, he had a cardiac uh, arrest. I don't know what the cause was. I don't know if it was like a, a right ventricular outflow track or if he had, you know, a hokum or something. I, I'm not really sure, but I know he's got a defibrillator or ICD implanted. And he actually had to leave the Italian league that he was playing in to go play in a different league that would let him wear an ICD. I would guess, you know, have a good outcome. That's just my hope. Um, I, I think the odds are with him because he's a young guy, and you know those are the people who who, who survive these injuries. Yeah. So um, when you know, when just to, for the listeners here, when he said Hokum, that's the other thing we see. We saw that I think it was a Florida Gator basketball Keontae player, Johnson. Yeah, yeah. That's hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. I don't know if that's what he had. They but never said what, for sure. Right. But when when someone just straight up collapses with no one around them um, on an athletic <clears throat> athletic field, we think of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And I, and I think mm -hmm. what Travis hit the nail on the head, which is what I thought, you know, when I cover Edward Waters football games and I see someone get hit and then stand up and go back down, you think concussion because that's mm -hmm. what happens, right, majority of time. So <clears throat> the worry is how long did it take them to realize, wait, this is not a concussion. This is a heart issue. I, I don't know that answer. You know, it looks like they got the CPR going and the AED going, which is a defibrillator, which I believe is the first treatment anyways for this thing, right. for commotion cortis. I think they – I heard they used it. I don't yeah, know if you heard it. I was trying I to look. I heard they used I, it on the field. I heard they used it, and, and that's actually a good thing because if you have, uh, you know, the first rhythm, um, you know, like in the ER, if someone brings in a cardiac arrest, I want to know what the first rhythm was. If it was a, a VTAC or a VFib arrest, those actually have higher survival rates than someone who has asystole or PEA so, pulse yeah. with so electrical activity. Is is Joe is when in the movies when people go beep right and there's uh -huh. no heartbeat, which um, 
is a very bad sign. Right. Right. That's probably one of the worst ones to come back from. Yeah, and and you know, I you watch all the shows and they've done, you know, cool podcasts on, you know, they they always shock asystole right. in, in the the, med- right. the medical shows. Shocking asystole doesn't work. It's not it's even the treatment. Line, so you, it's not even the treatment. So the good news is one he's young. They likely started CPR right away within within a minute. I'm sure they did it within a minute. I'm I'm sure it felt like an eternity, but I know they did CPR and to all the listeners, if you see someone on the ground and you have you don't know, um they don't even recommend checking for their pulse. I mean, because sometimes you feel your own pulse and right. you know, I mean, there's circumstances you're trying to feel if someone's down just, you know, and, and they're not responding, just start doing CPR. Guess what? If they're awake, they'll wake up and you're like, Oh, yeah. thank yeah. you. And here's you know, the thing, just cor- good CPR. You're most likely going to crack your ribs. Mm-hmm. And Travis, you probably done way more, obviously way more CPR than I have being an yeah. ER doctor, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. You crack the ribs a lot of times, so don't. If you, God forbid, you have to do CPR, don't be like, "Well, I want to push a little bit because I don't want to hurt push them." Hard. It's either you hurt You're, them and they survive, or you don't hurt them and they yeah. die, right? So you got to put enough pressure. Yep, yep. And then you know, when in doubt, if they're not responding, do that. So I, I think for all those good things, one, um, you know, there was bystander CPR. Two, there was an AED there and, and sounds like he had a shockable rhythm. Three, you know, they got ROSC or return of spontaneous circulation, you know, before they left. So th- those are all good things. Now, the, the biggest thing now is the 12 to 24 hour thing. I, w- I don't expect to have any updates, you know, for the next 24 to 48 hours because, you know, they're letting the brain rest. The biggest thing is the neurological outcome. And that's what we hope is going to be good. But all, all things are lining up that he, he should do okay based on the treatment that he got from the doctors and then also in the ICU. You know, they'll, they'll be cooling him. Cooling, and he means by his their temperature, his temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will say, Stephen, I was watching after this. After I, I was getting a million text messages from my friends saying, "Oh no, they need to stop this game. What's going on?" And I didn't understand what's happening yet, so I, I turned it on because I was doing some doing some stuff at the house. But Stephen A. Smith was saying, "Well, you know, we were hoping that they would bring him back, and then he'd be fine, you know, and and then he wouldn't need to be intubated." And anyone that has an, a cardiac arrest is getting intubated. There's no like. This is not like the movies where you have a heart attack or cardiac arrest, they do compression, and you wake up with a deep breath and say, oh, I'm good yeah. now. You're going to be out for the count even when your heart comes back and you're, and you're going to get intubated. So that there's no question on, well, I, you know, it would have been better if they would have brought him back and he would have been able to not well, be intubated. We, we, we live in, in two lands, fairy tale land and the microwave land. They want everything to be done right now so someone can respond on social media, which drives you a little crazy. But uh, I'm talking to two, to do, two docs now, Dr. Bari, who's always with us with uh, Bari Orthopedics and, and Breaking Bones, and then an ER doctor and Travis Smith, who's joining us as our guest. And, and any information... Travis, that's going to come out right then is going to be reserved for that family. And I would think every step, every step the medical team takes, and that's from the people who responded on the field all the way through what is going on right now, you have to take every precaution. You're not going to have a spokesman come out every 15 minutes and and give everybody the latest. It's just, it's not, it doesn't make any sense for that to happen. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, that's not going to happen. Um, and, and I think, you know, from from doing this uh, over and over, you know, I, I think, you know, family want, want, they want the updates, but sometimes it's like, hey, listen, we, you're not going to have an update, you know, for at least a, a day or two. I mean, it really takes time uh, to figure out and really just see what happens, let things kind of cool, rest, rest their brain, 
Um, you know, obviously his heart is working. So I'm sure during all of this time, they're going to be doing an echocardiogram. They're going to be doing EKGs and labs. They're going to be looking to see, hey, was there a cause? But really, the cause right now is not, I, I don't think they're really worried about that. They want to to see what his neurological recovery is and the rest they can do later on. You know what I mean? So um, I think really they're just waiting and, um, you know, seeing, you know, what's you know, if there's any uh, any clues or footprints on, on what caused it, but it most likely, if they don't find anything, it's going to be commotio cordis. You know, the other cool fact on commotio cordis was about, like, what kind of uh, injury it really takes, like the impact. So I was looking at the uh, an impact injury to cause it is probably about 50 joules. And Dr. Barr, you know this. So when you shock somebody, right, mm -hmm. uh, we usually, when you defibrillate someone, we usually defibrillate them at about 200 joules. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if someone comes in and atrial fibrillation, the heart rate is going really high. Sometimes you can shock them at 50 or even go up to 100. So it needs to be a force. That's right around like uh, the, the speed of a 40 mile an hour fastball. Wow. That's about the, the force that it takes to cause that depolarization injury to the chest. And, and likely it's not enough to cause um, like a, a cardiac contusion. It's, it's kind of like the, at the lower end of that. So you can cause devastating, you know, penetrating cardiac injuries, but this one is, is, uh, all can all, uh, relate it to, um, you know, the Bruce Lee dragon punch. If you guys have ever seen like, mm -hmm. you know, he'll yeah. go like an inch, an inch before, uh, in, in front of your chest and he's able to do that. And if he lands it right on the perfect time, you know, it can, yeah. you know, kill their opponent. Um, but it's it's such a uncommon injury. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll never forget too much of course because when I was a a, a junior resident, mm -hmm. I think my first year's orthopedics, my attending was saying commotio cordis. I'm like, oh, what's that? I don't know what that is. And my senior resident looked at me like disgusted that I didn't know what it was. He goes, You don't know what that is? And I said, No. He literally punched me in the chest <laughs> and goes, That's commotio cordis. Yeah. That's he what goes, it is. That's what it is. You get hit in the chest and you, your heart stops. And from then on, I never forgot what it you was. You know what it was? And I couldn't help but think of the Cersei punch because, you know, he's probably, you know, we say it in gesture, but, you know, he's probably uh, stopped a, a heart or two with his punch on a defensive lineman. But, but you know, going back to the treatment that you guys talk about when it comes to CPR, you have to, you know, take it very seriously. And we can always recommend CPR classes. There's yeah. so much more that... I, I think it's important for yeah. bystanders. It's been proven if someone knows CPR and they see someone go down, you know, it used to be 30, 30 uh, compressions to two breaths, and they still say that if you have more than one person and that they know what they're doing, you can do it. But nowadays, if it's just you... And uh, you don't know exactly what you're doing, but just put compressions. Just pump, keep pumping, pumping and until the, the, the ambulance gets the there. The classic "Staying Alive" song. Remember, yeah. "Staying Alive." And uh, you know, uh, Travis, I, you know, I was telling the story to to Gio before, and it still, you know, kind of shakes me that I had a teenage daughter on a basketball team, and one of her teammates is dribbling up the floor and collapses. And it was one of the scariest things that I know our kids ever saw, but us included. I jump off of the stands and go out there. I have no idea what I'm doing, but as it turns out, and these are the you know miracles that surround you know saving a life. They had just just brought the AE is it AED AD. yeah AED machine back over to the gymnasium, fixed it the day before, and barely had put it back on the wall that day. And uh, a parent who happens to be a heart surgeon walks in at the exact time she collapses and they had to put the paddles on her and then when they took her to flagler they put her in what was the, i think brand new technology at that time at flagler in ice coma which is what uh, he was saying it, yeah and so you can explain that a little bit more because allowing all the other organs to rest 
is major, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that was probably the scariest situation. I think anything oh. that happens out of the hospital, it's a, a different, you know, I'm sure, Dr. Barr, you see certain things like in a, in, a, in a setting in the hospital when there's a team around you, you know, it's a lot easier. But when you're out, like, you know, in the wild, I would put it, uh, it's definitely different. I would have been nervous as well. But, you know, so as far as the, uh, the cooling goes, so we used to, um, you know, when I trained at UF here uh, in Jacksonville um, in 2009, we used to cool people to about 32 degrees Celsius. Um, and then kind of over the uh, last, I don't know, five or six years, we found that you don't actually have to cool somebody that low. It's really preventing a fever. So we, you know, we now try to get them about 34 Celsius, 30 to 36 Celsius. What's that, what's that to us Americans, yeah. Travis? Um, gosh, you know, I'd have to get the, the calculator out. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's, it's probably like 94 to 96 Fahrenheit. Um, so... And, and how we do that, you can either we used to put these devices in um, and that kind of cools the, the IV fluids um, or you can put a, an esophageal probe that will kind of cool the body. So do it internally and also like uh, these um, kind of blankets that will kind of put cold air in. So there's a couple different mechanisms you can do it. And it's really not that hard. You're ju- really just preventing them from getting a fever, because if you get a fever during these injuries, it, it's just bad for neurological outcomes. So you really just want to prevent them from uh, their their temperature getting uh, too warm. But what what happened? I'm curious. What happened with that uh, basketball? So player? ultimately, we're talking about a teenage girl that had no prior uh, incidents like that, and it was very similar to what happened with Keontae Johnson, the Gator basketball player. But we're talking they she might not have uh, been breathing for a couple of minutes. They put the paddles on her. She uh, throws up a little bit of liquid when she is revived and then they take her put her in the ice bath for let's just or coma for two or three days they end up putting a pacemaker in and she has had no incidents since since then obviously can't play competitive sports to to get her heart rate up but she's walking around with a pacemaker now and i think she might be at florida right now but just an incredible story and one that you just those kids will never forget that and uh just kind of it's it's scary stuff so if you were guessing, Doc, and again, that's all we're doing, is the road to recovery. Is it kind of a gray area for a young man like Damar Hamlin if he is to come out of this okay? I think, I think one, if it was truly commotio cordis, which, you know, I think we're all kind of speculating, uh, and nothing else, I think his road to recovery, um, you know, physically, like neurological outcome, if he's good, his physical recovery should be okay. And more than likely, he'll probably get an ICD. And I don't know if there's any football players that have that. You know, it's you know, they're they're a little bit smaller than they used to make them. Um, you know, I, I don't really know if they would even let him play. I mean, it's a physical sport. You know, as you can see. I mean, they're tackling. You know, I was looking at replays of just him tackling people. I mean, it's just surprising that this doesn't happen more often. I mean, really, it is. But I mean, there's a possibility he could play again. Now, in, in what capacity and, and what the NFL would want, and one, even if he wants to play again, I mean, you know, you might just, you know, he might just say, hey, listen, I'm good. I had fun. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it with my family, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I love the fact that the GoFundMe page took over, and they raised a lot of money for his charity, and they'll be able to buy a lot of things for a lot of underprivileged kids, and uh, a lot of good in, in that respect will come out of it. Uh, Travis, before we say goodbye, uh, 
Tell us a little bit about the medical school. You got to be fired up for all that at JU. Yeah, we're we're definitely fired up about it, and you know the community. It's it's uh, you know taken a, a long time to do it, but you know I think good collaboration, good teamwork, working with the team at JU, and, and working with um, uh, you know the community healthcare systems like like Baptist, um, and having them on board to to support help support the students. Um, the plan right now uh, is a three-year accreditation process, and uh, hopefully the first class will be starting in 2026. So um, it'll take us a little bit of time to go through it, but we've been working hard at it. And uh, by 2026, hopefully uh, everything will, will be in place and we'll start welcoming our first class. All right, Travis. Well, man, uh, thanks a lot for coming on and uh, kind of breaking this down for us. And um, hope you have the, a good rest of, rest of your Sunday. And, you know, this is recorded. We recorded it before Saturday because Joe can't get up Sunday morning. So I'm hoping that we're, we're celebrating a Jaguars win today. Go Jags. All right. Thanks, man. That was... Dr. Travis Smith, uh, once again, guys, we recorded this, you know, so mm-hmm. the situation may have evolved a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it, but that's kind of a, a little little background on commotio cordis, which is what we all think is going on with them. And, and I think that's what we do on Breaking Bones. A1010XL is a family, and any more information you can get for anything I think is, is beneficial. And we hope, like you're just saying, that there will be good news before they even listen to Breaking Bones. But if you are just getting over the fifth quarter, which I think ended at 3 a.m., and you're waking up with us, then you're you're probably still in a, in a great state of mind. But um, you know, it, it's it's scary, Doc. And and I you know I told you you know how scary it was for that one. And then you know another story. You know our our daughter's wedding. We we lost one of her best friends on that same day, and it's one of the things that absolutely rocks you because uh, of you know what she just. She, she quit breathing, and, and it's just such a scary thing. And I've been around certain situations where you just you feel helpless, and I know that's what the NFL world felt like that. Yeah. Now, this is not the first time that we've had, like, people reacted to it because they saw or heard from Joe Buck and Troy Aikman that they were performing CPR. Right. And that just freaks everybody out. But don't think for a moment there aren't scary injuries and also some that have, you know, left individuals paralyzed. There's a lot of violent collisions that take place on football fields. A lot. And, and you know, when I started getting these text messages from my friends because I wasn't watching the game, I mm-hmm. thought, great, another hit, another, you know, someone with a concussion who's has some neurological symptoms, and you're like, great. But then it came out, it was this, and this doesn't really happen in football. It, mm-hmm. When you think of commotion course, although very, very rare, you think of baseball because the baseball hits the chest. Mm-hmm. It, it is also semi-common in lacrosse. And lacrosse actually changed the way they, they teach their kids and the padding due to that. They used to, back in the day, teach them you could stop the ball with, with your chest pad. Yeah. Almost like you know in soccer, you stop with the chest. And they've gone away from that many they years ago. They still do it, though, for but reaction they, only. Right, yeah. but they teach them at least turn to the side so it's not a direct blunt trauma to yeah, the chest. true. They've changed the pads, which have been proven to help a little bit with commotion cordis. Not a lot, but has helped some degree to prevent commotion cordis. And I wonder if the NFL, you know, granted... You know, we all want a knee-jerk reaction. We need to change the pads, right? Which one life saved is is one is is enough, right? Is mm-hmm. good enough to do something. But statistically, this only happened. I don't know. This is the first time, at least I've heard about it since watching the NFL. So right. it's super and, rare for it to happen. But you know, hopefully he does well and and can come back from. The question is going to be how long did it take them? How long did his brain go without oxygen? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's going to be the the key factor. And so you just make you know you just hope like heck that everything is good to go. All right, let's uh. Try and finish on just a slightly, uh, well, on a lighter note. 
uh, because we're going into 2023. And I have a question from last week that, that I need to ask just as far as, you know, getting off to a, to a, you know, getting off on the right foot in 2023. But I'm looking dead red at you, Gio. I'm ready. Are you fired up? Do you have a New Year's resolution? Are you going to do something different that makes you know. better I this year? To, I need to lose weight. You need I to lose that, weight? I say that every year. Well, then you know what? You better at least act- eat healthier, I think. Maybe that's better than... <laughs> okay, I'll go with you there. But then you you better actually... Be more active. Better do it. All right. So this was off the text line last week, signed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, you can shoot one uh, today. We'd love uh, to see them, 641-1010, and we'll try and hit them next week. Um, but Happy New Year, Doc, and Joe C, too. Uh, I want to start uh, 2023 off or, or off right. Any recommendations on how to begin a workout routine without pulling something? Ha ha. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's common New Year's resolution, right? Everyone's going to go out and start saying, I'm going to run five miles. And they yeah. go and they're like 20, 20 <laughs> steps in, like, I can't do that. <laughs> Low and slow. Okay. Right? Uh, this isn't a race. No one's going to give you an award if you ran five miles tomorrow or five miles in a month. Go low, go slow, take your time, and do what you do. You know, you're not, run for you, right? Yeah. Don't run. Five miles because your your buddy's running five miles and you got to catch up to him. That's so, a good point. And, and that's fine. You know, I used to one of the things I I always think um, when I see people that get her from CrossFit and I love CrossFit. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but mm-hmm. the pros and cons is you work out in a group, so they also inspire you to do more, mm-hmm. but they also inspire you to do more than what your body can do. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many people come and say, well, you know, I was doing whatever, you know, a snatch, and you know, trying to keep up. Exactly. With the guy next to me, and boom, I hurt myself. So you just got to be careful with that. Yeah, you think peer pressure ends after your teenage nope. years? Um, no, it doesn't. And this, I need to get more information on this, Doc, but you just said something that reminded me. This is um, the in-laws, you know, the older generation. I'm young. I still feel right. young. Young but buck. this is from the older generation. So my wife's Uncle Mike. Pizza party, New Year's Eve, bunch of Italians cranking out pizzas. They're talking like, hey! Hey! I can't say the word that they said. Oh, Polly. All right. So anyway, Uncle Mike gets up every morning, 3.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock, he's in the gym, all this kind of stuff. Apparently has to have an operation on a hernia. He has multiple. What, like a, a back hernia or like an I inguinal I think it's in, oh, in, intestinal. Yeah. And I need to get the information so I can ask. I don't know if you have any background in, in that area. I, mean, I know the words. Yeah. Get... <laughs> yeah. Like we just, uh, but I believe it's from. As an older person, yeah. lifting too much well, you weight. Get, like, uh, what's common in older person is an umbilical hernia. I don't know if you've ever seen an older person take their shirt off mm-hmm. and they get almost like a cone shape on their abdomen. Wow. And that's an umbilical hernia because the abdominal wall weakens. And like mm-hmm. any muscle, it weakens as you get older and you get an umbilical hernia. So I don't know if it's that or right. not. But that that is more common uh, in in the older population. Well, this is the classic story. I don't know all the details. I need to get more. I, I usually, most of my stories are, you know, based on half-truths, and then I exaggerate a little bit. But he said that he has to get surgery on his hernia, but he can't until he goes to the heart doctor, and then he let everybody know that he's on nitroglycerin. Uh-huh. And so that is not a very good thing for an older person. Is he, is he on it just because he's on? Like, what is I he think on he for? went to the doctor and said he had chest pains, oh. and they end up putting him on nitroglycerin. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, he has to get cleared by by the the cardiologist before he can have a surgery. And some yeah. people are on. I'm not a cardiologist, but some people are. But on it nitrogen. was kind of what Travis was saying earlier that they have to go through these to get cleared for. Yes, surgery. you have to. You know, whenever I will say this. I sometimes complain about getting clearing people for surgery because it delays my surgery, right? And, it right. Gets, and, and the patients complain, I got to wait another month, I got to do this and that. But I will tell you, 
there are, are an, a handful of people that I was like, why do they, they go, I don't, I don't have any meds, I don't have any medical problems, but our thing is if you're 15 older, you go to the doctor, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. We have caught a couple people, they come back and they go, dude, I'm so happy you took me because they did an EKG and it was completely off. What did the cardiologist did, did a heart cath and I was basically like 90% blocked. Wow. And didn't even know about it, right? And it's happened multiple times on people who have quote unquote no medical problems. And now my thing is, do you have no medical problems because you don't go to the doctor? Mm-hmm. Is that why? Mm-hmm. Because, or, or have you go to the doctor and he says you don't have any medical problems? That could be the New Year's resolution. Make sure you get checked. All right, we are out. We want to tell everybody though, if they do have any joint pain, if you're looking at anything when it comes to all, you know, shoulders, hips, ankles, elbows, it doesn't matter. BariOrthopedics.com. Locations all over Jacksonville. And tell them how to find you. Yeah, Dr. Do- uh, Dr. George Bar on Instagram and then, uh, you know, on the web, BariOrthopedics. And then we're all around town. And then Wednesdays with the Joe C at a 145 is when I exactly, show Exactly. Right there on XL Primetime. And if you missed any of this show, please go back. Find it on wherever you listen to podcasts and at 1010XL.com. Happy New Year, Doc. You too, man. Fired up for 2023. Go Jags. You've been listening to Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C on 1010XL.